Welcome to the Advanced Grass Solutions Turf Hub Podcast. AGS is a leading provider of agronomy services, exclusive products, and unrivaled customer support. Underpinned by a well-qualified and experienced team of former sports turf managers. AGS. Supply. Consult. Support. Hello and welcome to the Turf Hub Podcast on tour. We're down at Perrinforth Golf Club today in the West Country. I'm joined by Neil Rogers from AGS. Hello, Joe. I'm joined by Rob Cook, course manager from Perrinforth Golf Club. Hi, Joe. And obviously myself. So, without any further ado, let's head into your vital statistics. Holes. How many holes you got? The <laughs> quick fire round. I thought you said in the questions. This is coming. Right. This right. Is- Oh, right. This is the quick fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Answers, how many holes you got? Yeah, yeah. Eighteen. Why well, should I keep, keep yeah. it quick fire? Holes, holes. Eighteen hectares. Seventy hectares. Bunkers. Nine. Staff. Four. Have you got a mechanic? No. Memberships. Six hundred. What's your longest hole? Can I go and get another card? Yeah. Because this is the old card, and we put some new champ tees in, haven't we? how long it is. Are you going to tell your Bowwood story? Yeah. What's the Bowwood story? Well, if I let them in, All right. Yeah. Got me intrigued now. It's a surprise Bowwood story. Yeah. Longest hole? Um, the 11th, 593 yards. Shortest hole. I'll be the sixth, 160 yards. And what time is your alarm set for in the morning? Alarm set 10 past five in the summer. So Rob, it's 10 past five in the morning. What's the first thing you do? Basically, obviously get up and come to work, get to work early. First thing we do is normally have a coffee and discuss, you know, the plan for the day, what golf's going out, etc. And then I'll head out onto the course. Lovely. So what would you do on a typical day? Normally a typical day, probably all four of us will concentrate on setting the golf course up in the morning. And then me, try to in the afternoon, leave the afternoon a little bit freer if I've got meetings or ordering stuff or something um, or any other little jobs. But the mornings mainly the four of us setting up the golf course. So course set up, you're not going the weekend, phone Monday morning, what's your setup for the week? A Monday normally is... Someone will cut the tees, someone will cut the greens, um, maybe divot the tees, rake bunkers. So you've got four staff. Is that, would you say, a slightly understaffed? Most people are on five or six. Is four about doable? Or? Yeah, when I first got here, I increased it to five. And five, I thought, was about right. You know, yeah. cover sickness, holiday, and bringing the standard up. Um, but during the pandemic, we unfortunately lost a guy. And... Like a lot of clubs, the club said, you know, it was it was in the autumn. Yeah. So they said, we'll see how we get on in the winter and look at it in the spring. And since then, you know, we haven't, you know, we've carried on as we are. Um, so it is one of those things that I'm hoping maybe to go to five in the in the yeah. future. Well, the extra money makes a massive difference. I was chatting to a chap who had a couple extra staff for, for uh, yeah, the Euro Pro recently. But he said that week with two extra staff was unbelievable. Well, I found it's just the little jobs. You know, a little bit more divoting, you know, strimming the, the little jobs that are now left. And to me, you know, makes it a little more messy. So uh, within your team then, are any of you golfers? Yeah, three out of the four are golfers. 
Who's the lowest handicap? That'll be me. And you play off? 1.8. Very nice. <laughs> decent, decent. <laughs> yeah. right. And uh, who's your highest handicap? Who's the weakest link? Tony. No, sorry. Jacko. Who's the biggest bandit? Yeah, I know. In Cornwall. Jacko. Yeah, I think it is Jacko. Now, Jacko's not in today. I haven't seen Jacko, but he's the uh, the fellow who, who drives the minibus up to BTME. That's right. Every year he drives the, the bus for Devon in Cornwall. Yeah, bless him. Which is brilliant of him to do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess from what's, what's the jury time here to Harrogate must be seven hours, isn't it? Or? Yeah, I mean, it depends. If we get, if we get a, a good number going, then the bus is normally restricted then, and it's 65. It takes a bit longer. If there's only a few of us going, we normally have a smaller bus. Yeah. And it's a bit better. Um, but yeah, it can be seven or eight hours depending on traffic. Christ. Um, so so with bigger then, you involved with bigger? I am. For my sins, I'm the, the Devon and Cornwall treasurer at the minute. Well, um, it's like a safe pair of hands, obviously. Yeah, I don't know why they asked me, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> but quite useful for the wine at the Christmas party, me being treasurer. Yeah, happy days then. Yeah. So, uh, members of staff, you've got four of them. So, which member has the best lunches i would say it's got to be tony tony has some cracking lunches always lots of variety and lots of it yeah was that a funny did you say he's an ex-chef uh or cook or no or did i make that up just now you've just made that up made that yeah up. yeah, yeah he, does, he does joke he was a chef in the army <laughs> but he wasn't <laughs> and who has the worst probably me yeah probably me I've just seen his lunch. It's raw broccoli, raw carrots, and a cereal bar, and possibly I think it was an apple. That's correct. And that's pretty bland. Pretty bland. Rabbit food. Rabbit yeah. food. So the course itself, what we look at outside here, and basically, where are we in the country? A uh, bit of bit of history when it's founded, that sort of thing. So basically, Perrin Porth was founded in 1927. It's a James Braid design. Due to the fact the club have never really had much money, it's pretty much unchanged from 1927, nice. um, which is unusual this day and age. And it's a very quirky, got lots of blind holes, um, maintained really natural. We like to maintain it as I think Link should be, where fescue domination. We don't cut much rough. We try and encourage all the wildflowers because it is a cracking, you know, raw site. And luckily. Billy Mitchell, who I succeeded, was here for 58 years and he was along the same lines. So I'm just trying to carry that theme on and I think that's our marketing theme really. Real, true, raw links. Well, an interesting fact, we actually, because it's blown sand on top of like a headland, we are the highest, I think I'm right in saying, we're the highest dunes in Europe. Oh, nice. Here at Perrinporth. So we, we are a long way, you know, very high above sea level. Oh, decent. What's your biggest challenge, daily and weekly and overall? I think the biggest challenge here at Paramporf is how dry we get, being stuck up on a, you know, hill. Yeah. And the wear and tear, because it's a really old-fashioned course and not much has been changed. We get a lot of pinch points, you know, you know, like from greens to tees and around the greens or the mountain and that which you know wasn't really designed for machinery and we do struggle you know there's a lot of hand hand work and that so it's wear and tear really and dryness so away from golf a little about yourself any hobbies interests family that sort of thing what, what do you do when you're away from the golf course <laughs> so 
basically, um, like my missus says, I'm a bit of a golf pervert. So if I'm not working golf, I'm playing golf because I play quite a bit of golf as well and just love all sports. Yeah. Golf perv. Yeah. Yeah. So when did you start in the industry? I started, I'm 44 now and I probably started my home course, which is Bowood, where I was course manager for 19 years previous to being here. I had summer jobs probably from like the age of 14. Um, so probably 14 really, started bunker raking and doing various jobs. Um, so pretty much 30 years now. Blimey. With Bowood, it's Bowood at Camelford. Camelford yes. Yeah, it is. Camelford, yeah. North yeah. Cornwall. So when I first started repping, which is back sort of 2006 when I got on the road, I did come to Bowood uh, in Camelford for, for a meeting with Rob Cook. And when I got down there, as it happens, uh, I was in the foyer and my mum was texting me saying, where are you? And I said, I'm in the foyer. And then uh, I had a very irate phone call saying I wasn't in the foyer, uh, but I was in the foyer. So anyway, so I'm in the foyer, being told he's in the foyer. Uh, can't find Rob Cook. Bass lady by the counter. Rob Cook, apparently you weren't in that day. Yeah, on the phone's a man telling me he's in the foyer looking for me and he's very irate because I was late. And uh, it transpires that there was another Rob Cook who worked at the Bowen in Wiltshire. I was at the Bowen in Camelford looking for Rob Cook. <laughs> and there's, there's actually another, yeah, yeah that, and that bloke never ever dealt with me. I don't know what happened to him in the end, but he um, <laughs> never dealt with me. He got really pissy about that. Anyway, that's my little Bowen story. So, um, Obviously, 30-odd years in the industry. What would you say is the biggest change you've seen between sort of then and now? Probably the the loss of chemicals, and especially recent years, you know, the insecticides, you know, the fungicides changing, products like Rescue going. Um, yeah. I think that's that, the hardest. So do you suffer with any sort of insect damage out of the course? Um, I know right now leather jackets are, are, are rife. Or... Yeah, I mean, we're quite lucky at the minute because we're stuck up on a hill. I don't think we're as bad as some courses, but the problem is getting worse. Yeah. Um, our tees have suffered heavily this year on certain fairways, sheltered you know, fairways, and I just can't see it getting any better. And also our biggest problem here is worm casts. Yeah. And usually for a lynx, we suffer really bad from worm casts, which is going to be a massive problem going forward. I've seen that more and more, actually. As you get around uh, mm. from golf to football to fairways, approaches it, it it does make a mess yeah how about disease you got any sort of diseases that particularly sort of um blight your course or um not particularly I'm, like my sort of management i'm a bit of a minimalistic anyway and we don't really suffer from disease we do get disease and we get all the diseases but it's you know it's something we can sustain no, you know, is it just you say it's more sort of seasonal we seasonal get a little or... bit of um Fusarium, but nothing, you know, the odd one or two spots. But our biggest disease problems really are red thread and dollar spot, which right. come in hand in hand with being a minimalistic. If um, anything, you would encourage anthracnose, wouldn't you? Because it takes the, the weaker grass that you don't want. Yeah, that's right. Anthracnose is quite quite nice when anthracnose appears because I'm obviously encouraging the fescue all the time. The meadowgrass does creep in when the fescue's weak. Anthracnose does a great job for me. Brilliant. Game changer. In your time in the industry, is there a product that's hit the market and you thought, wow, that is a game changer? Um, I don't know about game changer, but I'm certainly a big fan of graminicides. And I think when Rescue first came on the market and then Laser, um, being a fine grass sort of man, those products were fantastic. You know, you've got guys that were 
grooming and verti cutting, trying to get Yorkshire fog and you know refining coarse grasses for years, and suddenly there's a product which just kills it with one foul swoop. So I'm a big fan. Brilliant. And um, fantasy home. Have you got a fantasy home? Describe your ultimate dream green. What you got there? Divine. <laughs> Do you know, I've, 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 I've reliably told by another green keeper, that was a good question. It was his idea to put it in there. Right. I've asked it twice and it's dove twice. Yeah, so. I don't know what you're fucking, yeah. Fantasy hole. Big Richard Siren, that is your question. I mean, what I will say, fantasy hole, I love massive greens. You know, one of my best part of my game is putting and I'm, there's nothing I like better than just a massive green. And from a green keeper, the bigger the green, the more wear that can be spread. Brilliant. So maybe a hole with a massive green. So... You mentioned your general your your sort of uh, approach to the course has been a bit minimalistic, but I mean, have you got a particular sort of uh, approach or ethos to your, to your greens maintenance? Well, basically, my ethos is I believe that links courses are special, and there's only so many links courses in the world, and you know they're renowned to the British Isles with our climate. So I think really, if you're on a links course, you should be pushing fine grass and predominantly fescue grass because it is achievable. Um, so I do everything in my power to, to encourage fescue. So soil composition, what's your holy grail and what are you currently working with? See, I'm going for fescue domination. You know, it's hard, but I'd say my sward makeup on greens is fescue power. Yeah. I've eradicated all the bent grass on the greens by using product Graminocide called Laser. Yeah. I lasered the greens first probably two years ago, which was quite painful. But now we're coming out the end of that with lots of overseeding. Brilliant. And we rescue now spring and autumn. So any little young plants that will creep in, we just knock it out before it's a problem. You've already tipped a hat to your predecessor, Billy Mitchell. He get he got the course in a very, very good position. Yeah, that's wise. Oh definitely. Day. When I you know, it's not achievable you know, fescue domination on most courses, but I had a great head start with Billy. Billy was using rescue when they first came on the scene many years ago. So when I came, you know, Billy had eradicated the rye grasses and the Yorkshire fog with the use of rescue for many years. And he also was lasering the roughs and the fairways. So the only thing I've added, I've gone that step further and lasered the greens to keep them clean. So of all coarse grasses. And I've also recently um, lasered my teas as well because the next my next step now is to have fescue dominated teas as well. So next year we'll be um, graminiciding the whole property now. Lovely. So you've ever seen a program then it's, it's basically fescue mix, teas and greens. Yeah, fescue on the greens, I like to use chewings and slender creeping yeah. red. Um, when I first come, obviously, cause I was lasering, I was overseeding probably four or five times a year. Yeah. But now we mainly seed twice a year. We've got our maintenance in September, which I like to pot seed, get half-inch tines as close as I can together to get as much seeding as possible. Um, and then I also overseeds in January. Um, I like to get the seed in January, and then it comes through when it's ready because yeah. it doesn't rot in our greens because they're dry. And also every time I overseed, which since I've been here, I like to use granular seaweed. Um, which I think is a fantastic product. Brilliant. Um, wildlife, you said it's a bit of a wildlife habitat out there and you keep it as natural as possible. What sort of animals and sort of wildlife can we find out on course? All sorts, really. Since I've been here, we get deer sightings, 
one of the things we're most proud of is the Cornish chuffs. We regularly spot the chuffs out on the on the course, as does Newquay now and Travaux's Golf Clubs, which is brilliant. And we get all sorts um, of oh, Skylarks, which brilliant. is just fantastic. They're probably one of my favourites, the Skylarks. Nice. Right, so here's a big one for you. What is your favourite hole? I think my favourite hole would be what they call Braid's Best, which is hole number 14, index stroke index one. Just a tight, tough driving hole, and then there's the second shot. is is an raised green um, where you can't go long and you can't go short. It's just a crack, cracking hole. And the distance? The distance is 392 yards. Okay, so you say a stroke index one. In your humble opinion, what's the hardest hole to play? I would probably say either that hole or our sixth hole, which is our shortest hole on the course. It's a raised... Tiny little par three, like an upturned saucer, rubbish to the left and right, and bunkers short. And it's when the wind blows, that's a nightmare. Right, so it could be a bit of a card wrecker. What's in the shed? And I'm talking front line machinery. Basically, predominantly our machinery is Toro. I've always been a big Toro fan just because it's build, build quality. And most of the courses, like Bowood and here, when I get a machine, it has to last a long time. And I just think, the build quality of Toro is achievable with Toro, you know, to last 10 years or so. Um, but we've also got a few Baroness machines. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the Baroness hand mowers. I think they're fantastic. Basically, when I buy a machine, I like to look at all the types of machines and pick the best. But normally, Toro tends to come on top. And what's your favourite bit of kit? My favourite bit of kit has got to be the Toro Procore. Just a fantastic. Well, does everyone say it's that? It's a fantastic bit of kit. Everyone does that. Yeah, with that question. And what's your favourite bit of kit ever? Probably ever, either a pro court or Verti drain. Lovely. I got to say that's probably eight on the banks. Uh, favourite bit of kit ever is always the pro core. The pro core is everyone's favourite bit of kit. Yeah. So Tori, well done. Maybe they could sponsor the pro. Yeah, sponsor yeah. It. Um, just winding back a bit so you said you don't have a mechanic no nope. who looks after your machinery basically I'm quite lucky my deputy Jacko he is a pretty good mechanic so when I can spare the time because there's only four of us you know, I'd love to have him in the shed more but obviously the golf course comes first so a lot of them repairs Jacko so I thought your cat will come on then I yeah, thought, when I first got it, I thought it was a cat. Who's telling the cat? It's like a ghost of Christ. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, so, so Jacko does, if you could, he'd be there more often. Yeah, Jacko does most of, he keeps us running on most repairs, but if it's a bigger job, I will, there's a few mobile mechanics locally that we'll pull in, or, you know, Mason's Kings or DGM. Yeah. Um, but if we can, you know, Jacko will fix most things. Um, but if I can't give him the time, sometimes I bring someone else in to just free up the guys more. Who's the most famous person to play the course? Ronan Rafferty, the pro played here previous to me, but I've been here four years now and I'm... Yeah, you get to see Dave Beckham. You're, yeah, no. You're right. raising the profile, so perhaps more people will turn up. Yeah. You don't know. Who is your biggest influence in the industry? Oh, difficult one. I mean, I must say, I mean, I followed Billy Mitchell here. So Billy probably, with what he achieved, really, with, you know, 
fine grass, predominantly fescue. You know, he's someone that I've always looked up to. Okay, and being down in the West Country, obviously, um, who are your closest friends in the industry? So if you have to bounce some ideas off other greenkeepers or other clubs in the area, is it quite a, a, a close-knit group down this Yeah, way? we're pretty close, all of us down here, but probably a guy I'd bounce most things off would be Neil, Ivan, me at Travaux. Um, We've always got on pretty well. The golf course wouldn't be anywhere without his members, but what's the worst habit they have on your course? I think the worst habit here, members, is probably not raking bunkers you know we, we in the pandemic when it was the the rule where there was no rakes out there yeah um what was quite interesting as soon as the rakes returned the bunkers are just still trashed you know which is nuts isn't it yeah they weren't that bad in the you know when there was no rakes. suddenly you bring rakes and the, there's no improvement at all no. so that's a big bugbear it's yeah. quite unusual for a lynx golf course to only have nine bunkers why is that? I think, like I touched on earlier, the fact that because the club have had no real money in the past, no real changes. So I think, you know, bunkers, as everyone knows, the, the, to maintain a bunker costs, I think, per square meter more than a green does. Um, so that's the only thing I can think of. And we're so exposed, um, you know, keeping the sand in them is a bit of a nightmare. You know, because we are on a top of a headland, I think that would be a big factor. But when I say we've got nine bunkers, one's on the practice ground. No, see, we've got ten bunkers. Ten, yeah. Well, nine plus one, ten. Nine, yeah. nine on the golf course, so yeah. i just forget that about the practice. Yeah. yeah. All right. Obviously, you're, you're, you're a Cornishman. Uh, quick test of uh, how Cornwall you are. Um, does the train stop Camborne Wednesdays? I'm going to have a go. I've never seen that sketch. Haven't you? I've seen the sketch, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny as so it yeah. No, it doesn't stop. Cam- it doesn't stop uh, Campbell Wednesdays. No, that's never, right. Has, yeah. It never will. Yeah, no. During the pandemic, obviously, you touched on the pandemic. Then, um, really, a bit bored talking about pandemic. But how did the club come through the pandemic? Have you come out the other side, sort of quite healthy and sort of members-wise? Or yeah, I think like most clubs, it's probably the healthiest the club have been ever. You know, green fee revenue is way up. Um, we've got a campsite on site. That's been full all year, um, so everything's positive. Yeah, we just hope it doesn't dip, which it probably will. But I think we just got to make the most of it for maybe a couple of years. But right. yeah, the club is a new membership as well. Like a lot of clubs, I think you know golf is is booming at the minute. Brilliant. And if your modern day self could offer some words of advice to your younger self, what would they be? I mean, the only advice I'd say is just ask lots of questions you know the more questions you ask you know the more answers you get and just be really keen and you know learn as much as you can brilliant well we're coming to the end of the interview now rob so any final words of wisdom really there we go well, on that no, bomb. no wisdom from mr no, Kirk. No. Well, there we go it's so on that bombshell yeah, yeah. <laughs> on that bombshell this has been the turf hub on tour i've been joe hendy i'm neil rogers and I'm Rob Cook. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time on the Turf Up Podcast. Thanks for listening to Advanced Grass Solutions Turf Hub Podcast. For more information, visit advancedgrass.com or follow us on socials using the handle at advancedgrass.
Right, so down in Cornwall, I've come and found myself a proper Cornish man. Uh, I'm in Falmouth with a chap for Andrew. Andrew, does the train stop Campbell on Wednesdays? Don't know what So, oh God. Ah! Right. Right then, ready? Oh, no, no don't. I can't. I can't. Come okay. on. Okay, so I've come all the way to Falmouth. I've found myself a proper Cornishman. Here's my name of Andrew. And Andrew, can I ask you, does the train stop Campbell on Wednesdays? No. And can I ask you, scones? Cream first, jam first? Jam first. Why? Because when you eat the scones hot and you put the cream on first, it melts. There we go. Proper Cornishman. Thanks for listening to Advanced Grass Solutions Turf Pub Podcast. For more information, visit advancedgrass.com or follow us on socials using the handle at advancedgrass.